Hi everyone, I'm David. I support Gen X Grown Up on Patreon, and you should too. Don't you want to keep this great content coming? So you know what to do. Go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon and just do it. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to episode 76 of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I'm John. Joining me, as always, is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And Mo is here. Hey, everybody. In this episode, we'll take in the hit Broadway musical that's making a splash on Disney+, Plus. play a puzzle game that combines espionage with comic book panels, and celebrate some newly acquired fast food memorabilia inspired by a recent Backtrack episode. And speaking of things inspired by recent episodes, we have some fourth <laughs> listener email. Hey, your, your favorite part. It is. You worked hard for that segue, didn't you? <laughs> Did it feel forced? It felt forced to me. <laughs> Fourth listener this time is Stu Baca. Hey, Stu Baca. Stu Baca. The subject line, 40th anniversary Gen X comedy. So a recent oh, episode oh. we did all oh. about those. Right? So this is where he tells us all the ones we did wrong, right? Uh, well, we'll see. We'll okay. see. 90% of the email responses anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty safe bet. <laughs> if it weren't for screwing up, we'd get no responses at all. That's true. <laughs> so Stu Baca talked briefly about Stir Crazy and 9 to 5, which were the beginnings of our episode. Uh, and then he goes into say, I have some very specific opinions when it comes to movies, Mm -hmm. and there are a select few that I'll put into what I consider the perfect column. Okay. Okay. Understand that to me, perfect is a conflagration type of category encompassing writing, directing, sound, music, acting, etc. So there are only a few films that fall into that perfect category in each genre, and this is all uppercase, all caps, Caddyshack and Airplane are both in it. I agree. Oh boy. I see where this is going. (laughs) You see where this is headed, don't you, George? (laughs) Yeah. And I fully support Subaka and his next statement. Oh no! Never sure what it is. I don't know what it is. <laughs> you used but I to be my him. favorite fourth listener. What <laughs> happened? You are so fickle. All it takes is just. <laughs> uh, that being said, George, Get I can him, see how. You- <laughs> <laughs> that being said, George, I can see how you came to your conclusion, and oh. I understand. That opinion is solely subjective in nature, but man, you are wrong on this one. <laughs> that sounds like a nice way of doing the opinions are like assholes comment, but just in a, a more politically correct way. He was paraphrasing. <laughs> yeah. Sure. It was really well done, though. I've been credit for that. I have to use that sometimes. It's very nice. He says, over the years, I've watched Airplane over and over, and I noticed something small, some minor detail I never did before almost every time. I do, too. Yeah, me too. See, George, you got to give it another chance. Maybe. See, Stubaka's telling you there's more to it than you thought. <laughs> and finally, he has a great suggestion. He says, on another note, this might be an interesting podcast theme. Make a short list of what you consider perfect movies and then tell George why he's wrong. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I got to tell myself I'm wrong about the one that I pick? Jeez. That's going to be one of those like five hour episodes or something, right? <laughs> He wraps it up by saying, until next time, Simper Quartus Stu Baca. Well, he saved it with a sign-off at least. <laughs> he did. Yeah. His signature salutation. Yeah. I thought the idea of each coming up with what we consider perfect Gen X movies, I kind of like that. I kind of do too. I kind of And oh, we each man, have different opinions. There's just, like, we could do a podcast for just one of it. Like, 
Mo's perfect movie, that could be a whole podcast. And then <laughs> and just, John's and then 45 my, yeah. minutes of tearing it apart. <laughs> right. Because we're never going to come to the agreement. And then piss it off whoever's movie it is. Right. Not a consensus, right? We have to pick our own perfect movies. I, yeah. I see that's going to oh, yeah, be yeah. true. Yeah. Could, yeah, I mean, I know consensus. what mine is already, but. Do you? Yeah. I know what mine is. All right. So what, don't, don't tell us. Don't tell us. Oh, I'm not going to say what. All right. No, you disagree with me. All right. Taken under advisement. That might be a future episode. Thanks, Dubaka. Yeah, and absolutely. we appreciate you writing in as we always love when the fourth listener takes time Actually, to write I have, us. I have two of them. Does that, can I do that? You do, you but you do. can't tell us either of them. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like your email read here on the show, it's easy. Just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read them all. Most of them make the show. All right, gentlemen, with that good business behind us, it's time to jump into the body of the show right after this. Do you know what this is? It's silica, the major component of sand and most scouring powders. It's harsh and scratchy. That's why you should clean with creamy liquid soft scrub. It's a liquid cleanser with milder abrasives. It cleans tough messes like a scouring powder, but doesn't scratch like one. And soft scrub doesn't feel gritty. So think about it. Scratchy scouring powder or creamy liquid soft scrub. Soft scrub. It cleans like a scouring powder without the scratchy sand. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access. Let's kick the ball off talking about new media that we've been consuming. You know what we're talking about, whether it's uh, you know books or TV shows or movies or whatever. Uh, I want to start with George. What have you been watching? Well, I have delved deep into the Netflix reservoir of stuff I haven't watched yet that I've been meaning <laughs> to watch. And I found a TV series that started a number of years ago. It's in its fourth season now that just got released. It originally mm. started on the British Broadcasting Company's channels mm -hmm. for two seasons. Then on the third season, they started co-producing it with Netflix. But it's called The Last Kingdom. Oh, yeah. I think I've seen that. I've seen it come up on my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's essentially the about the Saxon-Dane Wars of the ninth century. And I know that's very dry subject matter for a lot of people, but I love history. <laughs> yeah. I just saw John Yon. So. <laughs> 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 For me, it's a lot of fun, but it's essentially this main character. He is a Saxon lord, but his uncle kills his father during a raid and takes over the castle of their land. So he flees for his life because, of course, his uncle wants to kill him since he's the natural heir. He runs away. He ends up getting captured by the Danes, which are just another word for Vikings. Mm -hmm. okay. He ends up living with them as a slave, but grows to love his father, master, slave owner guy and becomes basically a Dane himself. And so the series is a chronicle of him growing up and kind of being a bridge and a warrior between these two worlds. So there's all the drama and intrigue of going back and forth and this king making him do this and this guy making him do that. Right. And he's kind of wanting to be his own person, but it's a lot of fun. I really recommend it. I watched all four seasons in about wow. three and a half days, roughly. Wow. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Did First two seasons have eight episodes and the second two seasons have 10 episodes. Okay. So they're not like the big 20, 25 episode seasons. No, but, no. Because it started oh, off as yeah. a British a lot. show and, you know, they don't do typically like Long 20 seasons, yeah. or 30 episode right. seasons. So. Well, they call their season series, like series one, series two. But right. even still, yeah, they tend to not be as long. But that's still... 
that's a lot to binge in a row. So it must have been captivating. Pretty, must be engaging. It right? was for me. I mean, I really enjoyed trying to look up because all the characters are based on real people from history. Mm. And so I was looking up the historical facts about them to see if it matched with the show. And a lot of it did. Some of it didn't, of course, because, you know, there's dramatic license and everything. But yeah, sure. Yeah. A lot of it matched up with history as far as like when people lived and died, when certain battles were fought, who betrayed who and took over what areas of England. So I definitely recommend it for anybody who is in the middle of a COVID media lull. You're trying to figure out what you want to watch next. This is a really good way to spend some of your time. Was there anybody in it we would recognize? Any actors that have gone on to do other things or? Uh... No, not, not really. really. Not, nobody <laughs> right. that I recognize. Now, it doesn't mean that somebody from England wouldn't recognize these people. Right. But nobody that I recognize. Sometimes in a period piece like that, that can help because there's not like, oh, there's that guy who's trying to be a Viking. It's just they're just actors. Right. So I could see how that probably could help you to suspend disbelief a little. They kind of go into the realm of Game of Thrones or any of those type of series where they don't mind killing off people. But yeah. it's not as gratuitous as Game of Thrones because I think they're trying to stick to the historical facts. So I think think that people die in a realistic way, like, you know, maybe somebody giving birth right? This is the right. century. That's not a given that you're going to survive. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, it, it keeps the stakes high that way. I mean, then when you mm-hmm. watch, you know, you're not going to see the exact same guy next episode because he just might, it makes things more weight because it's like he might die. It's possible. Yeah. I don't think you can go wrong with it. Hmm. Oh, right. I have not looked at it at all. I haven't even heard of it. But, yeah, me neither. <laughs> but now I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, especially my wife is a big fan of like that era of pretty much the uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail era of films, right. you know, you <laughs> everything is mud and swords and helmets and she loves that stuff so I might have to check that out for her as well so, there are right, definitely cool. plenty of those three in this series <laughs> you no got question. it all covered <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about you John you watching anything interesting uh sure I actually caught a movie that I had never heard of and then I stumbled across it and then I thought I wasn't going to watch it because I started reading a little bit about what it was and I'm glad I did. So mm-hmm. it's called Death of a Vlogger. Okay. Okay. The cover is what intrigued me and the title. I'm like, what's this about? And I read the synopsis and it kind of said, oh, a, you know, an, an internet vlogger is haunted by a ghost or something and tries to use it to parlay into fame or whatever. I'm like, okay, maybe we'll see what it is. It's a little independent film and it looks it, but it's also like a high reaching independent film. It came out in 2019 and I would compare this to like, if you took in a blender, let's put Poltergeist and the Blair Witch Project and Inception and kind of kind of put huh? it on puree. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the cool thing. I don't want to spoil it because first let me tell you, it's not a great movie, but as an independent film, literally like a no budget kind of film, it's incredibly high quality. So it puts it in that realm of like, it's not a blockbuster, but it's actually interesting to watch both from the film itself, which is kind of borders on goofy sometimes, but from a, how do they accomplish this on no budget kind of realm. Okay. The whole premise, and it keeps you guessing all along, is this guy has a ghost in his apartment. And then it's it's captured during a live stream, something happening, like a poltergeist moving something. Well, of course, it gets hugely viral. And then he starts to get big. And then it comes out that like, oh, maybe it was faked. And then they're like, oh, yeah, he admits that it was faked. And then more stuff is happening. Like, no, 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 but this stuff is real. 
But is it or is he leveraging on the fakeness? Oh, so you don't know. You're questioning it the whole time. Yeah. They hold a seance on like 360 video and, you know, things are <laughs> happening. And I don't know how to explain the weirdness that I felt that it was kind of like a ghost story was fun. It kind of was like we're working with Gen X grown up to try to get viewers and stuff. And you're like, well, what mm-hmm. would you do if you're trying to make a presence online and something you stumble across a ghost? How would you leverage it? You know, are you capitalizing on it? Are you exploiting it? Are you, what are you doing? Oh, interesting. It sounds unique. It, it kind of gives me probably not as good, but that movie Searching, does it have that kind of a feel to it? The one with a little uh, bit, John a little Cho more Blair Witchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Searching yeah. was amazing. That was the one we oh, talked yeah. about last year where you know, right. everything took place in someone's computer. This is more Blair Witchy, which is people walking okay, so around. It's not with, just like him recording things that's right, on his yeah. little, okay, that's when when it said death of a vlogger, that's the first thing that jumped into my mind. Oh, he's sitting in his desk and all the stuff is going to happen in his webcam. Yeah, yeah. It's not quite that. You see a portion of that, but you also see what's happening outside of what's happening on his vlog too. So, okay. The trick is though, I'm not even sure where you can see it. I mean, I found it on George's public domain myself, but ah. <laughs> for this show, I went looking around to go, all right, well, is it on Netflix? Remember you had that app, the uh, where to watch, just watch, yeah, the where you to told watch. us about. Yeah. And yeah. it didn't know it existed. I'm like, well, how are we wow, going to find this film? That's bad. If that app doesn't know, know it exists, that's not good. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, if you are any kind of an internet kind of consumer and you you know anybody that works like we do in Gen X Grown Up on trying to create content and get people to watch it, from that angle, it's particularly interesting. So if you can find it, seek it out. It's called Death of a Vlogger, video blogger. Came out in 2019. Doesn't star anybody, but it's a cute little film that left me thinking at the end, even though there was very much, what really happened do you really know? interesting stuff. So cool. I'll have to check that one Mo, out. Let's move along to you. What have you been watching? Okay. We got to talk about the 600 pound gorilla in the room. <laughs> of media this last week uh, pretty much everyone was talking about which is Hamilton coming to Disney Plus yeah oh right yeah it was funny because I mean I wanted to see it you know I'm very interested in it I've heard it was very good heard all this stuff yeah I love live theater yeah eager I have forgotten it was coming to Disney Plus to be quite honest my nephew popped it on TV me and my brother are walking through the living room saw it sat down and watched the entire thing which is nearly three hours yeah, yeah. it's three hours long good lord is long. Yeah. But like the intermission came, we're like, great. We both ran to the bathroom, came back, <laughs> kept watching, you know, forgetting that you could pause. Uh, I was going to say, <laughs> I don't think that's a necessity. You don't have to run to the bathroom anymore. You have a pause button. But let me tell you, though, a couple of things. Uh, number one, I mean, I think the, as a musical itself, I, I thought it was pretty outstanding. But the way it was filmed, I really liked. It gave you a feel that you're in the theater kind of feel, even though they did close ups and did well, other and things. And then some. Right. Yeah. There were there were some shots from backstage almost shooting behind some stuff that you had to really be paying attention to see. But that kind of added some more like uh, being in the moment. Yeah, very much so. And just the talent that was out there, too, just blew me away. I mean, I was just like everybody there was outstanding, I thought. And I could see where the hype came from. I mean, honestly, and I know, John, I know you're kind of like meh about it at first because you weren't sure because there was a lot of hype behind this. I totally get that. And a lot of things with that much hype don't live up to expectations. But what did you think of it? I know you watched it. So where are we at? So you watched it. I've watched about the first third of it. I've not finished it. And have uh-huh. you checked it out at all yet, George? I know you have Disney Plus. No, I mean, I do have Disney Plus, but I didn't feel a need to check it out because I watched the Weird Al Parody. Hamilton <laughs> Polka video. And that pretty much gave me the Cliff Notes version of Hamilton. So I was like, hey, I'm done in five minutes. You guys can sit there for three hours. I'm happy. 
Well, I love live theater in general, mm-hmm. musicals especially, you know. And I thought when I went and saw Book of Mormon and paid like $150 oh, yeah. a ticket, I was like, my goodness, I'm I'm stepping up on Broadway. But these Hamilton tickets go for like a thousand plus. And I just oh, figured yeah. crazy, crazy. I'm never going to see this thing, you know. <laughs> and I didn't know that much about it other than people are psyched about it. And it's almost like a turnoff for me because like, oh, it's mainstream. Everybody loves yeah. it. So I was, I came into it with a lot of trepidation and I really didn't know what to expect. And I watched the, you know, turn it on and watch the first little bit. And probably for the first five or 10 minutes, I was very puzzled. Like, what's, is this a hip hop? kind of? And it kind of is. It's like R&B yeah. influences and rap influences. It wasn't what I was expecting. And I can't even tell you what I was expecting, but it was very emotional for me. I mean, my background in the performing arts, you know, I used to play music and just anyone in front of a live audience kind of doing their thing gets to me. And man, the talent pool that they Ooh, have. Incredible, is, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, I mean, what's the words per minute in this play? Oh it, it, I think it's a record of, you know, the number, of, the amount of stuff in the dialogue. Yeah. And it's clever and it's witty and it nods to, you know, winks to the audience quite a bit. And I haven't finished it yet, mainly because I was drained emotionally and had to stop after about 40 minutes because I'm like, wow. And I, I want to come back and get a run at it now that I understand what I'm getting into. Yeah. I was amazed at how many people I saw because this was the original cast also that was doing yeah, this. Yeah. This is recording from 2016, I yep. think. And so I was amazed at how many of the cast members, I'm like, wait a minute, that person's on Bull. Wait a minute. Right. That I know that person. This movie. I know that person. <laughs> that person. Sure. This. Yeah. You know, like, so they've obviously have gone off and had other careers now. But at the time they did Hamilton, I guess they were unknowns or not known except or not as known. The theater yeah. area. It was original, which I liked. I felt it was original, mm-hmm. it was creative. And it was funny because I was on my phone, like kind of fact checking some of this stuff. Like, wait, did that actually happen? Did this situation happen? Did they actually? And yeah, it was actually actually accurate. So I was like, wow, I'm actually learning something. And it's kind of a mashup, which is interesting, right? You wouldn't expect colonial America with hip hop. It just it kind yeah. of doesn't mesh. But the way that they did it does make it unique and novel. And George, I think you might want to consider taking a look at it outside of the Weird Al summary, because <laughs> I will say it's way more than I thought it was going to be. And it's worthy of, even it's just had a cultural touchstone. I think this is one of those pieces of performance art that is going to go down as kind of a blip on the radar. It's kind of a, it, everything else is kind of flat. And this was definitely a spike. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'll check it out. It's on Disney Plus. So it's yeah. waiting there for me. It is. Yeah. Well, hey, if nothing else, George, it'll make you appreciate the Weird Al parody even more. Even more. <laughs> if that I were don't possible, know if that's possible. To appreciate Weird Al more. <laughs> more. I thought she was dead. I'll be like new after my wheat germ. Wanna bet? Have to eat right. Oh, I've got something good for you, too. Who says I need improving? Good things like chicken, fish, liver. It's Nine Lives Super Supper. Super Supper? Well, I could stretch to the ball. Mm, Nine Lives unique recipes. Nutritious foods even the most finicky cat can't resist. Nine Lives, you're my kind of workout. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, so we're into tech toys. Woo! 
Yeah. All right. So the reason why I don't have one, just I have excuse this time because John made me buy his tech toy this week. So <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> it's quite so all right. I'm just going to turn it right over to you, John, and let you just kind of tell everybody what you made yeah. me buy. Well, I think the entire segment today is all about toys and collectibles, less technology, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. Boy, so I've been doing a lot of reviews on YouTube of these tabletop arcade boxes, and we've talked about them many, many times. You know, you get your Galaga and your Pac-Man and your whatever and different versions of it. And one line of them is by a company called Basic Fun, and they put out a line called Arcade Classics. Great. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you know, I'm a member of Facebook groups that collect these things because I want to kind of keep my finger on the pulse of what's happening. And there's a new one. I'm going to order it right away kind of thing. And somebody posted a picture of these little Lego style arcade machines that you ah, can play them. They're just okay. models. Right. And but they're, and they're made by Arcade Classics. Well, they're branded Arcade Classics. They're actually made by a Canadian company, but for Basic Fun. So I went looking for these things. And I actually did several videos on YouTube, a little series of them. I'll yeah. throw a link in the description. Oh, sure. But I want to talk very briefly about them and this line they've done. First of all, there are six of them in the series. And each one, there may be two and a half, three inches tall when you're done. And each one has like a whopping 39 pieces, I think. But it's a quick build. And they have like, what, Asteroids, Space Invaders, Cubert. We have Moe's favorite. Uh, no Galaga for some reason, but that's okay. Well, Poor George. You know. That's okay. There was no Donkey Kong either. So <laughs> Right. <laughs> But yeah, like a breakout even was in there. And like so many of these little models like this, it really relies on the decals. So you put the little thing together and it's the shape, but they've done some really great decals. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, you could take one of those because they were all the same. Yep. Except for like the controller. For the most part. You could print your own yeah. decals and I change was, that yes. into whatever you want. That's where I was going because I said there was no Galaga. <laughs> I was like, they're simple to build. I could go and get those bricks from anywhere and you can make your own little custom arcade machines like <laughs> that and i was thinking could i make georgia galaga could i you know there's already a cubert for mo we created a run on the bank actually yeah used to be able to buy them on amazon they're currently out of stock yeah because everybody oh, watching wow. our videos went and bought a bunch of them <laughs> maybe they'll come back in stock but there's another a secondary line that i think i ended up infecting mo with they had those little cabinets but they also same line of toys but from a couple of years ago they have like these larger scale uh, models like the character of cubert the character of frogger the character of yeah. I think centipede, you know, multiple hundreds of pieces to make these figures. And I, I think I sent Mo a text. I just oh, yeah. showed him a picture of the thing. So what happened to you when you saw that Mo? Oh, I think I texted you right back. Let me get the exact word here because it was important. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I sent it to you and I think I said something along the words of like bastard or. Yeah, that sounds right. Something yeah. along those lines. That's pretty accurate. Anytime we communicate with John about something that he makes us buy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, actually, that was the exact word. I just looked it up. You said uh, you sent me the thing. It was a Cubert model. Yep. And I just said, bastard. And that was it. <laughs> That's Mo shorthand for I'm going straight to Amazon now. Yes. Right. And I did. <laughs> bastard. So, <laughs> you're welcome, I guess. <laughs> They're nice models to look at. I'm excited that Arcade Classics is branching out into these other things. Now, admittedly, these some of these from a couple of years ago, but I'd never seen them because they're not widely distributed. So I'm hoping they do more because the little cabinets actually say Series 1 on them. Oh, so cool. there could be more. Uh, I'm hoping that this, this run on Amazon that we created will create demand and they will do some more. Uh, and if they do, I will definitely be a buyer. And I'll, I'll text you, George and Mo, if they have your favorites <laughs> in there. You, you can do. call me a bastard <laughs> again. <laughs> so, George, how about you? Last episode, one of our listeners had actually sent you a link and you said you were looking forward to something that you were buying on eBay. 
Yeah, bastard. <laughs> Spread the bastard love. Well done. That's right. Yeah. So I got uh, some Discord love, and we had talked about all those collectible drinking glasses a couple of backtracks yes. ago. Yes. Oh, yeah. And yeah. one of the ones that I'd always wanted a set of were the Wendy's glasses that had newspaper headlines on them because yeah. it was such a unique and unusual one. Oh, yeah. One. Yeah. That was like a pile landing, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most old drinking glasses, where you get them at McDonald's or 7 Eleven or Wendy's or wherever, they're almost always going to be character driven or movie yeah. driven kind yep. of things. Yep. This was not that at all. So somebody on our Discord channel said, Hey, I just heard the backtrack. Here's a link to something that's going to make you spend money. Have a nice day. <laughs> I'm like, Damn it. So I go there. They had the full set of four glasses for $15. Not, bad, not bad at all that's for not the price. That's terrible. No. Uh, shipping was also $15. So a total of 30 but okay. they're glasses. And I wanted them to ship them well. And they did. They came in in immaculate condition, bubble wrapped like three times inside of paper styrofoam. Well, that's and- good because they probably weren't the, the thickest glass made those. <laughs> I'm sure they're- no, they're actually really heavy and thick oh, glasses. Really? Are they? Oh, wow. okay. Think okay. of like going to a bar and getting a yeah. rocks glass. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. how these things are. Oh. They're really oh. durable and dependable, I think. Oh, go for I'm it. not going to use them. They're sitting in <laughs> our several thousand dollar display case right now. But <laughs> Must your wife's chagrin. <laughs> right, exactly. But the lithograph on the front of them of the newspapers, they were perfect. There were no chips, no scratches, no fading. I was just over the moon looking at these and I showed them to my mom and That's she was like, great. oh, I yeah, I remember you like these. She remembered these. them? Oh, cool. <laughs> you know, it was a long time ago. But and these were like New York Times headlines, I think, or just some random paper. They, I don't remember that. I have to go look at them right now. They're in the yeah. case. So, you know, I have to get the keys and the, you know. That's it. Right. <laughs> you got your two keys off the sides of the room, like the nuke codes, right? You got to turn it. Right. So they had the, <laughs> they had the U.S. Olympic hockey team. The Miracle on Ice thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They had the men on the moon. And uh, there was one about the shuttle. Really nice set. Really enjoyed it. And it'll sit up there now next to the other ones that we found. Like my mother's like, oh, you used to have some Garfield ones over at the house. Let me go get those for you. So she brought me the Garfield (laughs) glasses. And apparently I just had two of the exact same one. So that was that problem that you ran into when you went to the fast food restaurant. Sometimes they give you the same one that you already had and you get home. Damn it. I've already got this one. But (laughs) double Garfield is always a good thing for me. And on on the heels of that, we talked about how much the collectible uh, glasses has resonated with people. We ran across another one that I I picked up for you, George, that was, which which one was another set that you said you were interested in? What did we get? Yeah, the Battlestar Galactica set. You got me one of those. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that one's right next to the Garfield and the Wendy's glasses now. Also in the display case? Nice. Also in the display case. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I know you sometimes use your glasses. I don't think I ever will. I think they'll just sit there for display. Well, my wife lets me is why. Maybe your wife won't let you. Maybe that's... (laughs) No, no, I won't let me. (laughs) Oh, you won't let you. She doesn't care about them. It's all me. You see, in in 20 years, you'll still have your glasses and mine will be broken. So, you know, you can, in the end, you will have won. (laughs) That's all that really matters. That's always nice to get a win over John. (laughs) You're welcome again, I guess. Are we welcome? Let TWA bring you closer to the face of Europe with exceptional fares, hotels for as little as $15 a night, and a car for a week free. Who could resist?
In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for the Generation <laughs> X Games segment. And as John and Mo laugh at me hilariously, we're going uh, to delve into the world of games. That's laughs of joy. I'm just so excited. That's all. <laughs> yes. Sure it is. <laughs> yes. Mo, what have you been playing this week? Actually, I've been playing a new DLC for an older game. So it's for Borderlands 3. Well, not that old. This is last year, right? Oh, oh that's, I mean, that's in game years. <laughs> that's, that's old like, in games. Okay. <laughs> but it's called Bounty of Blood. Ooh, John, I know you've played some Borderlands 3. I know you really haven't gone through the whole game yet, right? I haven't, right? I played it with you a bit, and then yeah. I got sidetracked playing something else, I expect. But yeah, it was quality. It was like, it was more oh, yeah. Borderlands, more of the same. That's good yeah, it stuff. It was. Uh, but let me tell you, this DLC had to be one of the most entertaining DLCs I think I've played. It's all Western-themed, so they have like this Western voiceover guy who's like, every time you do a movie, he says, and then the bounty hunter went to the farm, and he saw... Oh, he's like, he's like narrating an old movie? <laughs> yeah. yeah, as you're doing it. He says, and there's only one kind of justice in this world you know it's like <laughs> and the whole thing is western themed like you, there's a whole right. western town you go to now and there's a whole although there is a giant egg but that's a whole separate story well, it's a western egg it's that's yeah all right. it, you gotta play it to understand it i mean i haven't finished it yet because it's a pretty big dlc and one thing i say about borderlands is that they don't really usually skimp on their dlcs they they're yeah. usually pretty yeah, robust right. yeah. stuff and this one is it's like a whole nother thing with all different weapons and they expanded the levels and all that kind of stuff and it reignited that spark i enjoyed playing the game because right. the humor which is the big part of it you know the characters are just hilarious everyone's funny this good story you know the sheriff is like the typical western sheriff and there's the drifter who comes into town the whole nine yards they, they the cover all stuff. the genres that's what good downloadable content ought to do yeah and absolutely it, it, so often downloadable content is kind of vilified as like oh it's stuff they held back from the game to sell to you later mm -hmm. as you said i don't feel that way with gearbox stuff I think with Borderlands, the releases they do feel meaningful. Yeah. And if you can, hey, I spent 60 bucks for this last year. If I can spend, what was the expansion? Like 15 bucks, 20 bucks? Well, I, or got, something? The, I got the season pass, so I'm not sure how much oh, it you is. Had the season, so you didn't even know you like paid 12, for it up front. It's like 12 bucks, I think. Yeah. So for that much money, you're reigniting a game you paid 60 bucks for last year. And when they do it right, that can be really good. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, and lot, all the weapons you get there are almost all like pistols and shotguns because you're in the West. Naturally. <laughs> yep. Flintlock. Yep, exactly. But they're all awesome. And, and just the things you get in Borderlands and overall. Plus, there's another thing they did in this game, which I thought was pretty cool. On the main ship, there's another, you know how sometimes there's a game in a game, you know, you can play a video game inside the game. Like, Oh, sure. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Duke Nukem had a lot of those like arcade yeah. cabinets you could walk up to and play. Yeah. So they have one in this one that's actually helping science. It's a matching game. Hmm? Uh, what's the person? She was in Blossom. She's in Big Bang Theory now. Um, Mayim Bialik. Mayim Bialik. Yeah, that's yep. the one. Yes. She introduces it because it has to do with microbiology. And basically, oh. they're trying to match chromosomes or something. And so they came up with basically computers are good at finding some patterns, but people are better at finding others. So they came up with this game, this matching game that actually 
compiles data for them to help them with matching chromosomes inside of borderlands but it works though it works it's one it's a pretty fun game unto itself it's actually one you probably play in your phone quite honestly but you can play in borderlands and it's all borderland themed and it's it's just basically a big matching kind of game but it's a lot of fun i said that's kind of cool and is that actually data that's going back out yeah it is it's going back to back to scientists that That reminds me of the old city at home project where you download you know the arecibo satellite data and (laughs) run your screensaver all the time yep very much so it's it's like the crowdsourcing huh. the thing and of course they have the borderlands characters each level is based on borderline characters and they have voiceovers they talk through it like you can't beat my high score da, da, da. but it's actually interesting logic puzzles that you got to figure out that to itself i thought was kind of a cool i like it when games do that kind of stuff because you know there's no profit really for them to do this that's the most interesting thing i've heard about borderlands probably ever that's <laughs> that's just cool to inject that i, I feel that it's wasted being buried there i hope you know maybe yeah, I, actually, I was looking, I was going to check and see if they had this on my phone or something. Like standalone it, it, or something. It could totally huh. play this on your phone. I mean, it, it yeah. could be a standalone game. And I would not be surprised if, if not already, they do have it as a free standalone because why not? Because it's for science. Huh. And, and, okay. so science and it may push people toward the game, right? So I think it's a win-win for them to do a that. A win-win on both sides. All right. Bounty of Blood. Bounty of Blood. content for Borderlands 3. Got we'll it. check it out. So, George, what do you got going for us? Well, you know, it's time to get back into oh. the Humble Bundle alphabet soup. That's right. Oh, yes. What letter? What letter? We are on the letter J this time. Yeah. J is for John. Perfect. It is not in this case. (laughs) Best letter there is. It is actually for the game called Judge, and that is spelled J-Y-D-G-E. Why? Because we like you. Exactly. Judge? (laughs) So I'll give you the description. Uh, It says, basically, build your own cybernetic judge in this lawful but awful rogue hate top-down shooter where you get to eradicate crime in the never-sleeping megacity of Edinburgh. And Berg is spelled B-Y-R-G. My mind is exploding. Judge Dredd take off? Imagine if you took Judge Dredd and combined it with Twin Cop, but only had one person controlling it. So top-down shooting Judge... When I, okay, wow. It, yeah. I'm so intrigued. Okay. All right. I've actually really enjoyed it. I played it for about an hour and a half this time. You got two thumbsticks to control direction and aim, and then you know your trigger buttons are firing and special weapons, and yeah. the buttons on your controller are also things like melee attacks or bring in a co-player if you want to have a local co-op game. You go on missions, and the missions are things like kill all the bad guys in this little area or save the hostages in that area, that kind of a thing. And they're real quick and easy to progress through. Like no mission so far has taken me more than like a minute and a half, two minutes. So it's Hmm. not like this big, long, drawn out thing. And of course, as you go along, you're a cybernetic judge, which means, of course, you get to augment your body by adding in different cybernetic devices, you know, an extra shield or maybe a thing that allows the people you're trying to rescue have an extra hundred hit points of life, which is important in case you accidentally shoot some of them. Uh, (laughs) That's always important. (laughs) And you're collecting money as you go around for doing different things. Like when you kill a bad guy, he spews out some money. Or maybe if you use a melee attack on an ATM machine, it'll spew out some money. So you're not exactly completely (laughs) awful either. You're doing some bad stuff yourself. But it is a ton of fun. It's got an 80s feel to the graphics, but it's clean, which is why I kind of brought up Twin Cop. Because Uh Twin Cop definitely had that 80s feel to the graphics. This is a little bit cleaner 
as far as the lines on the different objects in the game. It's got a lot of neon feel to it as well. Like the colors, mm-hmm. the palette is very neon oriented. It's one of those games that you can jump in, play for five or 10 minutes and then go do something else and be yeah. satisfied. You don't have to sit with it for an hour and a half. Kind of there are bite-sized little levels. You can go do this thing and do this thing and come back. Exactly. You're overall building your character over time. Like each level you build upon what you added. Yeah. And you, same yeah. with your weapon. Of course, you have this uh, one cool. gun and you get to add modifications to it or new bullet types or, you know, and you upgrade them as well. Like even though you got shotgun bullets, you can upgrade their level. Got it. Yep. Like better ammo or whatever. Exactly. All right. So this is letter J, which is the this is letter know, J in, up in the teens somewhere. I don't know what letter J is of the alphabet. You probably know in your spreadsheet. <laughs> so so catch us up on how you've done so far with all these games you've got out of bundles. Sure. Well, this game was released on October 4th of 2017. Current price on Humble or on Steam rather is $14.99. I purchased the bundle that it was a part of, which was Humble Indie Bundle 19. I bought that on, in April of 2018 for $6.25. <laughs> there were 17 items in the bundle that I purchased. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> so the game cost me 37 cents. <laughs> I have now spent a total of $3.18 on the games that were up to this point. And that savings right now equals $136, (laughs) roughly. This is the best long-form commercial for Humble Bundle that has ever existed. George, you see some kickback. I know, yeah. and they, I've reached out to them, and they haven't written me back yet. I'm Why like, is there no product placement going on in this podcast <laughs> right now? <laughs> That's phenomenal. And yeah. you've only really had one stinker in the mix the last episode. Yeah, Invisible Ink was a little different. For just a few bucks, you had all these games. That's and radical. This one, definitely much higher rated. I would give this one three and a half tokens out of five. It's nice. a solid game. It's not perfect. Uh, some of the things that take some stars away, it doesn't really give you any instruction as to how to move around the interface at all. Like I had to literally start searching for a way to play the next level. It didn't just pop up automatically. I see. So like not so much a baked in tutorial like we're kind of accustomed to these days. You know, it's definitely an, an indie game, but it feels like they got it to the point where it was releasable and then maybe they didn't quite polish it. I see. If that makes okay. any sense. Yeah. But it's it's still a very playable game. Now at $14.99, I might feel a little bad about purchasing it. I don't think you're going to get 15 hours out of it, but then again, I'm only in the first like four or five levels. So, and it's judge with a Y judge with a Y. Absolutely. All right. right. Mo, I'm sure you'll throw a a link in the show notes. If somebody wants to check that out. Cool. Absolutely. That's amazing. All right, John, you're up last. So what are you going to play? That's going to round this segment out to a wonderful crescendo that it needs to be. (sighs) No pressure. Okay. Well, I don't know if it's going to appeal to everybody, but I bet it appeals to you, George. So remember we did uh, we did a quick little podcast hit several weeks ago back when Humble Bundle was promoting this racial justice bundle. It was oh, yeah, like right. know, 30, mm-hmm. 40 pieces of material or media for 30 bucks and 100% went to charity. Right. I bought that. You, Mo bought that. George, mm-hmm. you, uh, we all bought that. I hope a lot of our listeners did too. In that bundle, I got a game that I'd had my eye on for a while because it looks like something I might enjoy. Uh, so, of course, I, I locked the key because it was part of my bundle. And it's called Framed. Oh, okay. what they're providing is called the Framed Collection, which is actually two games, Framed and Framed 2. The initial oh, nice. Framed I'm playing okay. came out in 2014 and the sequel okay. in 2017. A little company called Love Shack Entertainment. The reviews are very positive. You look on Steam. But here's the concept. 
it's all kind of done in silhouette. You don't see people's faces. You see their shapes, their outlines. Okay. Mm. So it's all kind of silhouette based okay. with accents. Like maybe you have a red hat or a red scarf or something. Right. But otherwise it's just these black silhouettes on color backgrounds. You are this kind of a spy and you have this briefcase that you need to get past all of these police officers with their spotlights and they're trying to catch you. And you're just trying to, as a spy, get through the level and make it out the other side. But you don't control the character at all. Instead, the story is told in comic book panels. Ooh. So panel one, <laughs> right? George just woke up. <laughs> George is like, I'm not even on the show anymore. I'm off to get this game. Well, well good news is you already have the game. It. Yeah. It's on the bundle, right? So in these comic book panels, and each one shows like a guy walking from left to right, or there's an intersection where some police are standing, or there's a, a, a rope to swing from. And what you do is you reorganize the tiles, the panels and put them in the right order that makes sense. Sometimes you can even rotate the panels. So instead Whoa. of crawling along something, you climb a wall because you've rotated the entire surface. You know what I mean? Oh, huh. cool. Like Braid? Braid did that, right? Yeah, kind of like Braid and that kind of an idea. But in Braid, you still had control. In this, the guy's going to do what he does. It's more of a, you're laying out a track for, you know, you have a toy train, right? Oh, Okay. You're putting him on a rail. Kind of. Yep. Yep. He's already on a rail. So the, the, the whole joy of this is there's a starting point and an ending point. You've got to figure out the sequence of things that will get your guy from beginning to end without getting caught by the police. That does sound fun. It's like an action puzzler. Yeah. And they came out with a sequel as well, you said? Yeah. There's which I've not versions? even gotten into the, the okay. frame two, which is just more of the kind of structure. The, the thing that's really cool is I thought I'd seen everything there was to see after playing it for about two hours. And then there's another agent. So there is a second. So you've been this guy all along. Well, now there's this female agent you're handing off the, uh, the, the suitcase to. So it gets more complex later because now you have two characters running through this cartoon strip and you've got to make sure, well, when do they do the handoff? Should I put the cell for the handoff here before he gets caught or do it there? So they keep adding more ways to combine this kind of like spy story with really just kind of breaking the fourth wall of a comic strip. You know, it almost reminds me of that game that you introduced us to a little while ago where it was like the little guy that would be on the bathroom sign and you were moving oh, from yeah, one yeah, place yeah. to pedestrian. another through the real pedestrian. world pedestrian. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm -hmm. it kind of has that feel as far as the description that you're giving me. The graphic design of the game is not entirely unlike that because that was very flat and operated on signs. And this is kind of like that. This is a little more kind of uh, similar, but like a 3D, but flattened down. Uh, it's hard to explain, but you'll see. <laughs> 3D, you but flattened down. <laughs> you'll see what I mean. Like there are polygons, but they have no reflection. So they kind of, they can turn and they have shape and dimension. Huh. It sounds fun. I'm definitely going to redeem it as soon as we're done recording the podcast. <laughs> it's cool. The framed collection. And I think you could be, get them both now if you didn't get the bundle, if you see. You can listen to us, you'll get the bundle. But if you didn't, I think it runs like, uh, I don't know, 12, 15 bucks to get the two games and probably worth it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So speaking of bundles, George, I know since mm. we got these bundles and lately in your alphabet soup, we've been giving away keys oh, that yeah. we have gotten I in bundles. I completely forgot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess I better give away a key again, huh? You've got a good one here. I do. So uh, I think this time we'll have the emails titled, but wait, there's more in deference to our last backtrack. <laughs> All right, gotcha. This one is a Steam key for one of probably my favorite games of all time. This is a Steam key 
that will unlock Bioshock Remastered oh, wow. for whoever is the first Ooh, person yeah. to write to us to claim that key. If you haven't played Bioshock, just, just, game. just do yeah. it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Mm. So email to podcast at genxgrownup.com. Subject line was... But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. All right. Yes. And the first one that gets to us, you will get a free key to Bioshock Remastered, unlock on Steam. And man, if you haven't played that yet, you're in for a treat. Well, I'll just say right yeah. now, you're welcome. Yeah. Yes. Crisco Oil's light taste brings remarkable lightness to salads. Remarkably light, ooh, delightfully light. Ah, two flavor in every bite. Crisco Oil's light taste sets the flavor free. Next to corn oil, specially made Crisco Oil looks lighter, is lighter. But it's really Crisco's light taste that brings out salad's true flavor with no oily taste and no cholesterol. Deliciously, Crisco Oil's light taste Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Before we get out of the show, we'd like to take just a second here toward the end to look forward to what is coming up on the horizon, things that we can't wait to hit our inboxes or hit our screens. And let's start with you, George. What are you looking forward to? Well, I'm looking forward to... Believe it or not, a sports-based documentary series. That checks out, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) typical George. Now, this one is one that's been on for four seasons. It's called Last Chance You. I'm not sure. I can't remember if I've talked about it on the podcast before. I don't think so. Yes, you have. It's a football one, right? Yeah, it's football. Yes, yes, When you have Division I athletes that go to these big schools like Florida State or University of Miami or Michigan or something like that, they don't Mm -hmm. always stay there the full time. Something happens. Maybe they get frustrated with the coaching or they don't get playing time or they get kicked off the team. Any number of things can happen. Well, what happens to that athlete after that? Well, that's what Last Chance U is all about. Most of those players still are trying to reach their goal of playing in the NFL or at least some professional sports league. Mm -hmm. And they need another way to show their talents in a college football setting. So they go to community colleges around the country. And these community colleges they get these division one athletes because they've got nowhere else to go. Superstars, right? At the top of their game. Yeah. They're at the top of their game and they stay at this place for like a year to show that, Hey, I'm actually better than what I showed before, or I shouldn't uh-huh. be kicked off the team. I'm a good kid. And then they get picked up in their third year, hopefully by another division one school. And it happens way more often than you think huh. by people that were huge picks coming out of high school. Like there was a 
kid who was going to be the starting quarterback at Florida State University. He was like the eighth ranked player in the entire country at the time. Hmm. He didn't even stay at FSU for a full semester. He was gone. He ended up on this documentary (laughs) in like season two or three or something. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Wow. So now they're going to a school called Laney College. And this coach has been there for like 40 years and he's won titles in their division all over the place. He's apparently one of the best coaches in that level of college football. Unfortunately, though, I've seen trailers that have the subtitle for this, Last Chance You, The Final Season. And I think that's horrible. They're only going to do this one season, it seems. And it's a damn shame because I've seen other YouTubers talk about how they could take this last chance you and apply it to other sports, baseball, basketball, field hockey. It doesn't matter. I would expect you so. could do that yeah, because it's right. about the kids and the stories that they have and their home upbringing and their lives and their boyfriends and their girlfriends and all this stuff. It is truly a great documentary in every sense of that word documentary. That I love the series. I'm looking forward to it. It comes on Netflix on July 28th for the final season, apparently. For the wow. final season. Huh. Huh. And you've already watched all the previous seasons, I've guessed. Oh, of caught course. up on those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Burned them through. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the whole point of looking forward. It's one more thing to look forward to. It's still yours until it's gone and then it's in the past. Right. <laughs> all right. Mo, how about you? What are you looking forward to, man? Oh, I'm looking forward to a movie, a Netflix documentary, actually, that I posted on on our Facebook page, but it's actually coming out on the 29th of July, which is the Speed Cubers documentary. Oh, right. Yeah, that looks great. I said, I knew John was definitely going to be watching <laughs> this one. And it's just a documentary about these people who are world champion level Rubik's Cube solvers and about the stories behind them and how they got there. And honestly, if it because it's about Rubik's Cubes, I mean, that is why I'm going to watch it, <laughs> to be right. quite honest. But also, I mean, I don't know that much about these people. Like speed honestly, cubing? G-cubing, yeah. who do it, and what, what the competition is like. And how, so I'm actually interested in seeing that part, too. So I'm definitely looking forward to watching this. I saw the trailer, and uh, it looks like very much a feel-good version of the King of Kong, right? You have a couple yeah. of, hmm. of kids who are very much like competitors, and they're always kind of neck and neck, but... Um, Without, without a Billy Mitchell involved, apparently. So you, you don't have quite that, that vitriol going <laughs> yeah. on, the kind of the backbiting a little bit. Uh, and it's the friendship between a couple of guys. I agree. That looks really, really good yeah. beyond just the Rubik's Cube part. I think that could be great. And when does it come out, you said? Yeah, so it comes out on July 29th. I think it's going to be one for Gen Xers that are definitely going to flock to. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> so what about you, John? What do you got? I'm looking forward to a game this time. I don't Ooh. know if you guys have ever picked up on this uh, really cool first-person kind of bullet time game called Super Hot. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You made me play that monstrously devilish, frustrating <laughs> game about a year and a half ago. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and the worst part about that game is, like, you keep redoing it, trying That's to... That's the best part of that game. <laughs> <laughs> it just drives you crazy, though, because you have to finish it. So the concept of Super Hot is that you're kind of like almost in a Matrix kind of scenario, right? Something's happening. There's a, hundreds of guys that are out to kill you and you're a lone guy. But what happens is it happens in super slow motion. The world only moves when you move. Well, it moves like really, really slowly unless you move. And so you have time to turn and you can see a guy and punch him in the face, grab his gun, turn and shoot another guy, smack him with a bottle. All the things you see like really fast, like Jason Bourne kind of film. Dodge a bullet. You can do. (laughs) Yeah, because yeah, you can actually slice a bullet with a samurai sword in this game. John (laughs) makes this sound so easy. Trust me. It's not. There's nothing easy about this game. Oh, 
oh, it's so slow. You can turn and take his gun and slice <laughs> no. his mouth. Bull crap. Yeah, I agree, George. 100% is not that simple. It's fun. It is a fun game. It is but it's fun. not as simple as he makes it sound. It's not simple. It is challenging, but it's almost like an action puzzle game. It's like, yes, well, should I do this is. first? Should I do that first? I have time with this bullet's on the way. Anyway, yeah. that's super hot. The cool thing is there's a sequel coming out called Super Hot Mind Control Delete. Huh? <laughs> that's kind of what they did with the first damn game. Kind of. They right? deleted my mind real quick. <laughs> This sequel comes out July 16th, and if you already own the original Super Hot or you purchase it before July 16th, you get this sequel for free. What? Yep. Nice. Yep. All you have to do is already own it on one of the major platforms. Like Switch doesn't count, unfortunately, but I guess like 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 your Steam or your Epic or one of those things. If you have a license valid with one of those kind of services, you'll yeah. get it for free. I can't wait. It's kind of a mind-bending game. There was like computer hacking involved and reading text files, and it was kind of like all in the matrix kind of uh, scenario. So I found it fun. Hmm, interesting. So between that and the, the last season of a cool sports series and an awesome Rubik's Cube documentary, we've got our next couple weeks lined up ready for what we're looking forward <laughs> yeah, to. For no sure. doubt. You push yourself as hard as you can to do what's best for your body. And the more you push, the more you sweat. You need the best deodorant soap you can get. Give your body the best with safeguard. I've used the other deodorant soap, and none of them are as good as Safeguard. Only fresh-smelling Safeguard has a combination of rich, thick lather and unbeatable deodorant soap protection. Give your body the best, give it Safeguard. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly. And our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know. So if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show. So hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. That is going to wind it up for this edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. Before we leave, it is my distinct pleasure to take a second here toward the end uh, to express our thanks to all the patrons, the folks that support us financially over on Patreon.com. Just a few bucks per month help to keep the lights on here on the podcast over on YouTube and on our website. And I'm going to call you out. Man, this list is getting long. It's never a one breath anymore, but I think I can get through it without stumbling. <laughs> Chet, Stian, Mark, David, Ben, Agile, Stubaka, Dan, Thomas, Mike C, Lee, Davis, Tom J, Stu Monkey, Greg Z, Adam, Chad, Blasted or Stash at T2, Tony, John with an H, Levi, Arla, Matt, Travis, Slowmo, Jason, Dana, Marcus, Greg, L, and new since we last spoke, wow. Shelby has joined ooh, us ooh, as a patron. Shelby, thank you. Shelby ooh. Ford from the Ford movie? That Shelby? Nope. Different one. Damn it. Different one, probably, as far as That's I know. Okay. But yes, That's okay. So grateful that you joined us. You know, if a fourth <laughs> listener is interested in being a patron and would like to do like 
like Shelby did, how would they go about doing that, George? All they would have to do is go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. Mm-hmm. $1 means that we love each other a lot. $2 means we love each other doubly as much. Ooh, sounds, $3 gets you access to that backstage <laughs> content that you're craving. Yep. $5 and up starts getting you like some swag and cool yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's even a new one, John, that you've done, a new Patreon level, because some of our patrons were so kind that they, on their own, generated a higher level. Like, what was it, $25? $25, yeah. Ooh. Wow. It, it was by demand. Thank you so much, $25 level people. Man, it just I think we're over 30 patrons now and growing, and it's just amazing every time I see it. So Ooh, that's amazing. Thanks so much to all of you. We really, really appreciate it. <laughs> that is going to wrap it up for this edition of the show. We'll be back in two weeks with another one, but next week with our Backtrack Edition, where we pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. Mo, what are we looking forward to next week? Oh, man. We're going to bring our listeners into earworm hell because <laughs> it is our top 10 one-hit wonders of the 1970s. Of the 70s. And let me tell you, these you're going to listen to these first few seconds of these songs and you're going to have to go out and hear the rest of it because... All I can say is these. thank God for Marvel films because otherwise, I wouldn't have known any of them. <laughs> George, our baby, doesn't have nearly as much exposure to 70s songs, but yeah. <laughs> you're right. Many of these one-hit wonders made their way into film and pop culture. Therefore, they outlived their one-hit wonder status almost. And we're going to run down our top 10 of the 1970s. Hope you will definitely join us for that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Always fun, man. And fourth listener, it's you that we appreciate most of all. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. 76. All right. I just want to be able to see all the eye rolls that you guys make now while I'm talking. But you can oh. hear them through the mic, I'm just sure. Just assume. <laughs> just, I'll, I'll send you a gif. <laughs> I just keep it up on the screen permanently. Just, all the time. Just me going, we'll just use the, the chat the at the, uh, on Zencaster. Right. Eye roll. <laughs> eye roll emojis popping up. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.